Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. I'm Bill, I'm joined with my co-host Andy. Hey guys. Just want to uh, reach out, this is our last episode of 2022. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to be jumping into a Zone Mortalis episode pretty quick here, but we just wanted to do a quick uh, kind of just wrap up little spiel. 2022 quite the year yeah it's gone gone fast i think it was uh beginning of the year was kind of a little bit of uh uh, a downer for lvo and stuff and then uh then we started ramping up i guess on the on the podcast front game fronts and the events right so a lot of of stuff going on a lot more coming up but uh I guess, I don't know, I guess this year was more, I have more events for our, ourselves personally. Yeah. Because um, you've had, you've run a couple events this year, you know? A few events, oh yeah. A few, and then been able to actually, we've been able to travel and go to uh, several throughout mm, the year, yeah. which has been nice. So. True. That's, there was some good ones that we did, um. Uh, Went to BC there for Titanicus. Yeah. Yeah, Boys of the Golden Throne, uh, Titan Death, and then we returned for the uh, Kipper's Malie Heresy event they were running, which was pretty good. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's been a lot of uh, a lot of hobbying, a lot of getting stuff built and painted, trying to get the community rolling dice, uh, which is obviously the biggest, the biggest part for us. Uh, and then, yeah, just really ramped up on trying to do consistent content that's our our big thing it's been nice to get everything kind of rolling out so it's it's always nice to uh it's always nice to be able to get things lined up uh planned and actually see you know your plan come uh, full circle i know we've got some big things planned for 2023 and it's going to be uh it's going to be good you having a little light show over there the light show happened, yeah, kicked off, staying still too long. <laughs> um, I guess one of the other big things with this year was just heresy. Yeah. In general, right? Uh, with the kickoff of heresy and then the super growth of the community for us here locally. Um, we had a lot of, a lot of players, new players jumping in, still playing, still going hard, which is, is really great. And we we are hoping to see that, and, and actually putting in some effort to grow uh, the community as well, um, which which has happened. So it's been pr- pretty good, fantastic, yeah. very exciting times too. And the amount of players that came out with like you know painted armies and stuff too is just so. Well, just you know, currently right now, we it's been five months strong. Mm-hmm. Of consistent slow grow games, meetups, painting. Uh, it's we're heading into month six here pretty quick. It's going to be 
it's going to be great. Uh, we've got pretty much eight months all in uh, to get our armies up to 3K locally, which will be a big kind of big push. There's also an event happening in April that's going to help give certain people motivation to get their stuff painted and finished off. For sure. So yeah. it'll be uh, it'll be it'll be really cool. I, I'm I'm looking forward uh, to just seeing how everything uh, grows and how everything kind of just keeps expanding as we uh, continue through. So yeah, not to be really fun. And even on the bolt action front too, it's been a pretty good year for community community growth and uh, a couple little events. Big successful tank war event we had. Uh, everybody loved that. We'll be having more of that kind of stuff. And um, I guess we'll kind of be more of actually turning into more Trident events, right? So locally, um, trying to increase the, the population for that too, for um, just getting more people out for these fun events and whatnot too. So, uh, but yeah, I was pretty, pretty proud, pretty surprised. And uh, actually really like, really happy that more players are coming out um so and then that's you know leads to more experience for the podcasts uh, you know episodes and starting to you know we start dabbling into a little bit more deep dives in episodes which will be definitely coming up in the new year um so it's been really good i'm still quite happy with everything and uh you know everything that we do right so and then of course um a lot more engagement from from the the followers yeah which is awesome we we love that and we appreciate and thank you guys um so it's it's good to see that chatter you know between people and and ideas and from anywhere from games to strategies to miniatures you know painting all that stuff so um <clears throat> we also kicked off kind of uh even though it slowed down a little bit we kicked off the uh uh spruin review um so we'll definitely be doing more of that stuff so look out for that be it heresy be it bolt action you know that kind of thing so and armies as always will <laughs> we have tons of projects that we still continue to work on so uh, that'll be good and i think um well, we'll be finishing off our heresy armies. Bill's got one last stretch here, I think, for uh, first fists. Yeah, right that's before all, Vegas. Yeah, that's all LVO prep, so it's gonna nice be a big push, but it'll be worth it once it's done. Yeah, yeah and then currently just kind of working on uh, terrain and stuff for an event in February for bolt action. So that'll be good, just to kick things off in the new year. Yeah. Absolutely. So, but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's. I think it's been a really successful year for us. So, that's good. We've had a lot of fun. We've had a lot of laughs with tons of different guests. Yeah, that, that's been the best thing. I think all the guests uh, coming on the channel throughout the year and just kind of talking about everything, um, learning a lot about just other people in the community and what they've been doing uh, activity-wise and their own driving forces. Uh, to help you know grow the tabletop hobby it's it's been it's been pretty legit um just to echo what you said too about the socials uh the socials have been really good they've been going strong 
we've been growing on all the different platforms, which is nice. Like it's it's cool to get the support, uh, especially once we're pumping out you know all the content. It, it's nice to see that it's actually meaningful and see the you know you can see it all on the activity and everything. So we're hoping to uh, kind of lock into what those stats are telling us and we can improve everything as we continue to go. Yeah. So it'll be great. But yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Thank you very much for everybody, you know, the support. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed your holidays and we'll be talking to you all in the new year. Hey everybody. Welcome back to Trident Wargaming. I'm Bill and I'm joined with my co-host Andy. Yo, yo. And we have a special guest on today. His name is Anton. And he is uh, one of the main driving forces that brought us the Tactical Strike packet a few years back. Um, how's it going, Anton? Doing well. Thanks for having me on, Bill. Oh, for sure, for sure. Uh, we're actually going to talk a little bit today about what he's been cooking up lately. Um, this has been some Zomortalis uh, supplement updates. And uh, before I guess we get into that too, too much, uh, we'll just do a quick... Uh, little round table about some hobby progress uh anton what have you been what have you been working on lately oh, i have a lot to, that i can share it's it's my winter is like my hobby time like when it's when it's cold and dark and sat outside i retreat into my hobby dungeon and i don't come out until the springtime especially since lvo is around the corner too so you know new edition new meta new army uh, so like in the spring, I decided I needed to start something new. And so I took it on myself to like, okay, wh what army, what, what legions are like my friends not playing? And that one of those ended up being White Scars. And so I decided to pick that one and then take, you know, do, do, a, do a spin on it. So I've been working since springtime on this like stoner rock themed Trader Scars uh, force. So... I've, I've finished almost all my conversions and now it's like the, the painting is really is, is, is in full, full production. So I'm working on like my 10, 10 assault Marines right now, just kind of honing and finalizing, like, you know, my recipe, making sure it's great before I move on to my HQs and, you know, some of some of the other big stuff. Nice. Very nice. Trader scars. It's man after uh, Andy's own heart. Uh, that puts a, dagger in my heart there <laughs> i'm loyalist all the way through i just uh just finished doing my scars at the beginning of this year actually um which you know the full jet bike army of course right but mm -hmm. uh yeah it's pretty cool be nice how was that mortgage uh <laughs> well i got a deal i got a deal on the, uh the bike so <laughs> it was a former player's army to another player so then i got it you know mm -hmm. uh third hand i guess um mm -hmm. but yeah no it's pretty good it's uh the painting was very fun uh, especially considering like every every bike was a different design did Lots you enjoy painting white uh it wasn't too bad for me it was um i ended up finding a, a paint from a local airbrush place that uh the white really really helped me out it was a different kind of model paint so yeah, just kind of did that. They kind of have like a grungy look to them a little bit, so like a little dirtier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I like my boys dirty. <laughs> so yeah, it worked out. Well, that's pretty cool. Can't wait to see some, some of it, and uh, 
Any conversions? Any fancy fancy? Oh, I'm super big into conversions. Nice. Yeah, I'd have to say it's probably the main focus of my hobby. It's, it kind of started that way too. I'm I'm more and more into the art and the painting element, but I really like to convert. So, and uh, when I ch you know choosing a project like Trader Scars, there's I feel there's a lot to go and explore there in, in that mm -hmm. space. So I just kind of let myself loose and went pretty wild with it. I've been using a lot of bits from the Auric War, War, War Clans like line from Age of Sigmar because they kind of have this like brutalist, wild, I don't know, Central Asian kind of vibe going for them. And so I, I've, I've taken some choice bits there, particularly like their shields. And with how I'm painting them, I think it's you know, it's kind of conveying that these are these are white scars, but they're a little off. <laughs> And uh, you know, if, if I can, if that's the message I can convey with my conversions and my painting, then I'll have been successful with my my army project. Nice, very nice. That sounds awesome. How about uh, how about yourself, Monty? What have you been uh, doing? Just working on terrain right now um, for uh, an event coming up for for our bolt action. A um, whole bunch of Normandy kind of style houses, which you may see in the background, kind of just like that, 3D printed, right? So that, some Thousand Suns, of course, uh, just got the one character done up, um, which is nice. This one of the sorcerers and uh, continuing on working on them as well. I got a whole bunch of uh, Kinete Occult um, Blade Warriors to do up, Tactical Marine, heavy support teams. So a lot of that, plus a whole bunch of other different gaming systems that I always put my digits in. So, um, so yeah, overall building painting, that's kind of, kind of where I'm at. And you, Bill? Oh, where to start? <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the hobby train never stops. Honestly, I just finished doing up a squad of, uh, Indominus pattern Huskarls. Uh, I know that in game they're modeled in cataphract army uh, armor, but I really like the Indominus look, especially how they're portrayed in the books. So I kind of wanted to make this my full custom squad. I'm still going to be working on uh, capes and stuff to try and you know um, flush them out a little bit so they look a little bit more uh, retinue-y, I guess, to roll with Dorn. Uh, and then I've got some bolt action kind of hidden away uh, once I'm all finished up for LVO to start cranking out on because we've got some slow grow stuff going on for that as well so should be a lot of fun cool. yeah you guys are going for LV uh, to LVO for, for bolt action right no uh, I I'm going for heresy mm. yeah. I'm, I'm not going this year so um, the boys will be out there with you know trying to gain all the glory and uh, probably having the beers and cheers and just having a good time they'll send me pictures so <laughs> we'll pour one out in your honor yeah that's right. be good that's right be good yeah so. for lvo i'm going for the day one two narrative and then the day three uh competitive mm. wanted to just be a sponge for punishment and try and crank out six games or sorry nine games in three days so you can really feel like you got your hobby dollars worth 
Yeah, well, if you play in the Zomortalis event, I guarantee you can get that many games in. <laughs> yeah, the 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 bigger ones, though, definitely, it's a it's a challenge for sure. Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna be standing after six games, or my legs will probably be sore. <laughs> so, yeah, they'll be sore for sure. Okay, you'll have your combat boots on. I, I honestly will. <laughs> I go pretty much oh. everywhere with steel toe boots, my Red Wings, because uh, I've been. Um, heavy duty mechanic by trade and I'm used to standing on concrete shop floors for 10-12 hours and with those boots at least it's fairly manageable so that's kind of the that's the trick. Wear comfortable boots no matter what even if they harass you at the airport so We've pulled some a long long term events where it's 12 hour day kind of thing, 13 day oh, yeah. if not longer um First time we did the LVO, that was uh, that was an interesting day for setup. So, yeah, 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 a lot of learning. Definitely, yeah, for sure. Well, I guess uh, jump jumping into the meat and potatoes. So, if you're all familiar with the white dwarf packet that we got, and, and in, I'm gonna make a reference of if you play any Total War games. Um, CA is really good at dropping a game and then day one they get you to buy this DLC which you know you have to have um, it, it feels like what Anton's done here is bring out a DLC for free and it actually complements the system so well that it, it adds like a whole nother layer to it um, other than that I won't say anymore because I want to obviously hear it from you and let the listeners uh, hear it from you directly so um why don't you tell us uh, all about your supplement? No, well, well, thanks. Yeah, I I wish um, it was more complicated. I guess I could potentially brag about it more, but uh, it's a supplement for Zone Mortalis uh, 2.0 Her- Horus Heresy. So after that White Dwarf article went out, like my my league primarily plays uh, Zone Mortalis as kind of or like we play big games too, but I think almost everyone has a starts. As a zone, as a, with a zone mortalis army, and that's kind of how they get into the heresy. And we, we play a lot of those smaller smaller games. Uh, we like it a lot because you you use units that might not see the light of day as often in bigger games, um, where you have vehicles and super heavies and primarchs, and you know things can scale and get really crazy really fast, which is awesome and fun too. But it's also sometimes fun to play in like claustrophobic labyrinths or know underneath some some hive city or some kind of space station the decaying orbit you know your imagination can, can go wild so when um the 2.0 uh, white dwarf supplement was was released you know we we went through it and we had pretty high expectations given the the quality of writing that we saw in the um the core rule book as well as the like the legion books like the, the balance and you know especially compared to first edition it's really pretty tight at least in our in our opinion um and we went through and we found kind of some shortcomings to to what we saw in the white dwarf supplement of course it was released kind of as a you know play it until you even have like a, a statement written you know play this until we have a proper booklet for you to you know, with, with really expanded rules to play zone mortalis but with an event coming up in January, we couldn't really wait for that. So we had to make a decision about do we do we go with the rules that are written in, in White Dwarf, or do we make a you know avoiding a rewrite or anything, just going through and can we mod this to 
be in the flavor of the second edition, but expand it a little bit, make it a little scale a little bit better, bring it a little, maybe a little bit more depth, but more critically, make sure that it's balanced for everybody. So we spent a couple of weeks on that proofreading, making sure everyone was happy with changes. We surveyed our community to, to see who, what changes people wanted to, to, to see made and kind of had a discussions with some folks who felt strongly about some things versus others and ultimately landed on the supplement that, that we have out today, which anyone can download and, and check out and play. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll be sure to, uh, obviously, as long as you're good with it, to have uh, like all the links in the description. Just so they can, oh, definitely. Uh, if they want to download it, check it out. It's a lot of fun. I think typically um, in the White Dwarf version, the Defender had the big advantage, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, one of the mission in particular, which it, it was it's really surprising that I had, we had an event where everyone came to play the new Zomortalis mission and the new pack from the rules from White Dwarf. And of course, we'd, we'd read it and it's like, let's see how it plays. And everyone's feedback after the first couple of games was this core mission is not really good. It's really not balanced and it skews really f in favor of the defender because of how the mechanics work. So that was one of the things that we had to go and address in the, in the supplement versus what was in the, what's in the white dwarf. I feel that. Uh, what was it? I remember a lot of interesting little, little rules for in the game and whatnot that really um, gets you that feel of your your fighting inside. You know, like a, a complex or a, you know, or a ship landing or kind of kind of corridors and this and that. So, kind of going through uh, just some of the stuff that I, I was reading over today again, and it's funny because like I. As soon as I finished kind of reading it, I, I messaged Bill. I'm like, we got to use, we got to include this in, in our events. We got to have something, right? So it's, it's pretty neat. And, and I like the, um, like the reactions. Um, did you adjust the reactions as well? I made a, we made a slight change to the reaction allotment, but the reactions themselves are as, as written in the, in the White Dwarf. They are. Mm -hmm. But to your point, you're right. They, you know the format for 2.0 seems to they, they they're trying to stay in the flavor it seems of the first edition where it's smaller engagements and it's it, that includes the amount of reactions that you can do and the how powerful they are so you we were really surprised initially to see that you know your legion reaction is not available to you or your special reaction is like mm -hmm. mechanicum something you're not going to be able to use when you when you play in zomortalis but considering how powerful that can be at such a small scale, it kind of makes sense. Absolutely. I know with uh, Zomortalis itself, I'm super excited to jump in. I've got enough zone tiles and Necromunda terrain, not to mention uh, the old OOP Forge World 4x4 table, right? I've got about four, four 4x4s I can make, uh, which I eventually would like to have fully painted and operational for events and big you know team game boarding action stuff like that i think that's the one particular um theater of war that i really like to imagine is just this yeah boarding action on a ship gotta take out the engine room make your way up to the bridge right it's just anything like mm -hmm. that is just super super cool 
they made an interesting change in this in the 2.0 rules versus the 1.0 ones, which makes me feel like they're leaving it open for more mixed or Necromunda type games mm-hmm. where you can basically play a game without ceilings. And that changes the entire setup of the game, how units move around the board and how they use elevation. Typically you're playing in like a labyrinth when you have ceilings on. Some units aren't accessible to you that way, but if the ceilings don't exist, you can move over walls, you can like go up platforms. I feel maybe in the supplement that we get in the future, we might see something like, you know, big open areas and then, you know, claustrophobic corridors next to them. When I was, when I, when my wild dreams of taking Zomortalis somewhere is something like that, where you have like a big engagement, like a standard game happening on one side. And then, you know, you can send folks into the inside of a facility to, I don't know, sabotage a reactor, you know, defend some, some strong point that you need access to super thematic and cool. Yeah. It's, it's actually, we're all on the same kind of thought process. Cause I know years ago we we i know myself and bill we even thought about that too where you had you had the outside game happening right Mm -hmm. and then you had the complex that these teammates or you know these two players from each side they were fighting over that and whatever results came from there would affect you in the big game kind of thing right and it's 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 really you can make it into that in-depth kind of scenario narrative theme whatever you want to call it right uh story um, of just stuff like that and even into campaigns and you know narrative weekends stuff like that too um so it, it's it's really neat little aspect it doesn't take too much for like too many miniatures right so anybody can really jump in you can this is like you said earlier this is how you start a new army you know like mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it, it's great like the, a lot of the rules seem pretty cool you know destroying the doors and and whatnot having locked locked doors and corridors or whoever's under control of it um, really like that and even just some of the um like firing with like barrage weapons where it hits the wall like it's it's hitting the wall it's not going over to the other side and splashing on somebody you can't see kind of thing right so that's pretty neat too but there's there's a lot of a lot of interesting little points you know the the blind panic and whatnot that's pretty cool too where you can uh, pretty much get gunned down or whatnot and when you're falling back. But just, I can see certain units um, probably like being really good for Zone Mortalis. Mm-hmm. You know, and just like in first, first edition, it was the same kind of thing. Um, but also being limited to pretty much just your infantry and, and dreadnought. It makes the uh, makes it a little bit more thematic for corridor fighting. You know, you're thinking the alien scene or the space Hulk scene. You know, so it's pretty cool. Um, the ceiling thing was interesting that you mentioned earlier. Well, didn't never even thought of that. Like it didn't even dawn on me the whole labyrinth. Like you can't vertically go up, right? Like it's that's it. So you get pinned or stuck in that area. Kind of <laughs> you got to break out, right? So, oh, for sure, pretty good. I like it. I'm sure, I we'll feel- be putting stuff into our events down the road. Yeah, I feel for you know. There's so you can go really far with this if you want to create a really epic narrative type of game. But for a you know 
this rules packet was made primarily for like pickup games in an environment like the Las Vegas Open, where the event itself is it's three days. There's terrain and tables provided for you. If you're registered, you can show up and you find an opponent and you play, you have fun, you know, it might be between other games or other systems that you're playing. And then you go, you know, play more or, you know, go have a drink, come back, whatever you want to do. So sort of like a group of people that are coming and playing. It's a little bit more ad hoc. So we wanted to make sure that the supplement could work in an environment like that. So the amount of changes that are in the rules supplement are pretty minimal. So I think one of the, the first ones that we decided to incorporate was, you know, Dreadnoughts are really, really strong this edition. And Dreadnoughts are also one of the main units you could use that wasn't a vehicle in Zone Mortalis. So because of that, we made a choice to restrict the number of toughness seven units that an army can bring to one for every 500 points. And depending on who you ask, some people will say maybe that's too restrictive. Other people might say that's not enough. Um, we want. We decided that that's probably good enough for to, to enable people to, be able to, to really bring a Fury of the Ancients army if they really truly wanted to. But in a thousand point game, that's going to be two dreadnoughts. So most lists will at least be able to maneuver around it. You're, you know, right. So that's done in list building. One toughness seven model for every 500 points. That's a change. Um, we also removed non-standard table sizes. One of the other interesting changes to the White Dwarf supplement was to list additional, like, different table sizes to different point sizes. Um, I'm really unfamiliar with 40K anymore. I, I was kind of a, a refugee from fourth edition that never went back to the game um but did as soon as the horus heresy released and you know i could finally play the legions i always like read about it was really cool to me so we decided to standardize it around what had previously been done which is four by four tables for games up to like 2000 points at which point you really need a bigger table to play on uh, i feel most players do that anyway but we decided just to codify it in the rule set so you're not playing on a you know two by two or a, a three by three table four by four or six by four we talked a little about reactions uh reactions are a little bit they work a bit differently in zone mortalis so from the white dwarf supplement you get one reaction allotment and that's it uh yeah. that's all you get to use and in addition to that the actual reactions are specific to Zone Mortalis. Can't use your Legion reaction. You can use advanced reactions from the core rulebook, so things like Interceptor, which sometimes will come into play. Uh, but really, it's these three unique reactions, which are kind of you know uh, not as strong as the ones that you see on in, in bigger games for the Zone Mortalis like rule set. We added one tiny tweak to that, which was you can only do one reaction per phase, regardless of any other rules. So there's debate online about you know, how many reactions, you know, what is this using your allotment? Is it not using your allotment? We just decided to say that there'd be no argument. You get one and one only. So choose when you want to use it. And the reaction... I'll go ahead, Andy. I was just going to say the reactions are, are slightly different 
three. Um, what is it? The suppress in the movement phase, uh, displace in the shooting phase, and then brace for assault phase. I'm uh, not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they're slightly. It's when I was reading, it, I was like, "Hmm, that that sounds a little different than the usual that you're normal. You know, you're used to in a sense." Mm-hmm. Um, because you're doing like in the movement phase, you're suppressing, so it's kind of almost like a, it's like a almost like an Overwatch in a sense. You know, guys coming in, and they're they're within that range, and you're snap shooting at them, right? Mm-hmm. It gives gives me that vibe of, you know, troopers running through the corridors, and they're trying to get through this open gap, and you know the the enemy is just trying to gun them down as they're going through this gap, kind of thing. Um, that kind of thing. The shooting one, the displace where you're you're allowed to move so many inches, unmodified uh, initiative, I believe. And um, it's neat because like they're ducking in the cover, they're trying to get out of the way, you know, shot incoming shots, kind of stuff like that. And then uh, the assault phase uh, brace, which is um, pretty much you know you fail, you're falling back, and otherwise you're auto passing your morale checks i believe if you lose combat um so that's that's an interesting one there so both ways it can work well one way it can work for you the other one maybe not so much but it could get you just out of that range i feel mm-hmm. i you feel know? like brace is hold the line or what hold the line is like intended to be cuz right now like since the uh, FAQ dropped uh, if you fail, you're running, and like your your unit's just breaking. And yeah. whereas, at, le- at least with brace, reacting unit must make a morale check. If the check has failed, you immediately fall back one d six, and you auto regroup, which is awesome. Makes sense, right? And then, yeah, if the check is successful, reacting unit automatically passes any morale checks as a result of losing an assault. Like that already sounds better than hold the line. <laughs> I wish, I wish it could be swapped out for real. <laughs> it's a little less strong too, since you're you're not punishing an assaulting unit by taking away some of its benefit, you know, benefits that it gets for successfully assaulting yeah. that you get with brace. So the less, you know, assault armies, I think definitely have always had a place in Zone Mortalis, and that continues to be the case in in 2.0. The shooting one's pretty neat too. You know, you have to kind of be. It's one of those cat and mouse situations where. If a unit is just around a corner, do I want to shoot at them and pick a couple of them off, or do I want to risk? Do I want to risk them just falling out of sight, and I can no longer make my charge in yeah. my assault phase? So it does give some interesting choices for players, which is great. Yeah, it gives them that extra move too. Like if you plan it out in a way where you know you know you're gonna you're, you're you know you're gonna react with that reaction and pull off getting that extra distance to get where you want to get but yet being put into cover or blocking that line of sight like it's a double it's 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 like you're setting up your shot you know your next shot kind of thing of what's what's going to happen so pretty can be pretty tactical with those definitely with the reactions which is pretty neat it's a, another little aspect for the game which i think is going to be pretty fun once you start kind of using it and playing it out so 
The only thing I noticed in this um, pack, and I can't remember if it was standard or not, but with the doors being armor value 10, I always thought they were 12. If, if I'm mistaken, let me know from the first uh, edition. They were 12, so, yeah, yeah, first edition. Doors have been a contested thing in uh, in our league. Some people really like doors. Other people are they they want the open corridors for various reasons. So for this particular supplement, uh, we moved door placement to the game setup phase. So you and your opponent can have a conversation about whether or not you want to use doors or not. And if you want to use them, then you can follow the standard placement rules. The way that they're presented in the Wife Dwarf article is basically, okay, you're going to use doors, you know, roll off, and then place a bunch of doors. We decided to have a you know, conversation first, and you can, you can move forward with that. Same with ceilings. Um, one of the surprising things that we found was, you know, officially, at least when you're playing that scenario that's in the book, you just roll to see if ceilings are part of your game or not. That's like... You know, maybe for less balanced gameplay, that's fine if you if you, if you want to go that way. But because of how different the game plays, depending on whether or not you have ceilings or not, we also took that as a change in the supplement. We put it in the setup phase. So you and your opponent, before you know, before you make your armies, before you agree to play, you can have a conversation about it. Do you going to play with ceilings or not? And that's going to change the table. That's going to play what kind of change the kind of units you want to bring really is going to be different. And I mean, thematically, you probably are, you know, the force that you're sending down into the depth of the hive is going to probably be a little bit different than the force that you're sending to fight on the surface of like a warship that's in space. At least that's the way that we think about it. Well, makes sense. Totally. It, it's, it's the one style of game that always screams breachers to me. Um, I just, it, it feels very iconic, you know, uh, throwing in just big squads of breachers busting through into the enemy uh, complex or ship or insert, you know, area you're fighting here. It's, uh, it's it's nice to see the different units also get showcased in them because it's you can get some repetitive choices whereas zone, I, I definitely like the uh, options available. Yeah. Another change that we made versus the, the basic uh, rules in the White Dwarf it's something to do with access points. So the way it's kind of laid out right now, it's possible for you or your opponent to choose a part of your, basically your board edge or where your units come in from and not have, and, and basically that be into a dead corridor because of how the labyrinth sometimes is set up. That's, that can be a not, not, not a fun experience to have, having your access point be put somewhere where your unit just appears on the table and well, they're stuck in like a dead end and they can't play anymore. So we made a slight change that all access points have to be accessible from all other access points. So in practice, that just means that people are going to be putting them down on the table where they can be accessed by any other player. So it should, should, should avoid those little edge cases with, with, with people playing against each other. One other one that um, was kind of surprising to us was uh, guided fire. The way that the rules are presented, if a unit ignores intervening terrain and they're using Zomortalis, you can basically snipe units across the, 
the table, which really is kind of against the spirit of playing in a claustrophobic confine of, you know, some, some facility, your, your heat seeking missiles are just going to hit the ceiling or smash into a bulkhead or something. So uh, we changed the guided fire. We added an addendum to guided fire that says they just shoot like normal. You, if you, you cannot make a shooting attack that ignores line of sight rules. Um, there's a, there are only a few weapons in the game that are affected, but for, you know, the ultramarine players out there with Fulmentaris, <laughs> you're not gonna be able to, you know, yeah. bring your five guys and just shoot around corners and, you know, make people really sad. You're still going to make them really sad with your terminators. Just a little less sad. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's no probably, uh, yeah, that's a good change. I mean, I don't know how I feel about that going to my first game and somebody pulling that on me and, well, you can't even see them. And you're in, you're fighting in this complex, you know. Like, did I mention I purposely deployed in a dead end corridor, so you yeah. can't actually come and get me? I'm just gonna fire at you all game, right? Just, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. There you, know. you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, these are as you bring them up. It's funny, but you know, you read through the rules of when it was presented in the light door. If you're like, you start to see these little you know, edge cases, and you know, play the game enough times, or would. You know, strangers or people who may not be on the same wavelength as you, and you're going to experience those sorts of edge cases. Yeah. It's nice when, well, maybe not nice, but you can read those and particular players come to your mind. You're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't want that to be a thing. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, what else? Um, what is it? Uh, deep strikings with ceilings and stuff. Is that the normal ruling that they put in or is that oh a big change from the first edition to the second one um one definitely we're talking about deep strike used to be an option for you in zone mortalis and it was really risky compared to before but it was also really powerful because in you know I mean, there's the there is no straight line in zone mortalis typically unless you make what's you know big death corridor which sometimes happens and it's fun but so distances are long to get somewhere quickly. Deep strike or outflank is a good way to go about it. In the second edition, deep strike is no longer allowed if you have a ceiling, um, which is kind of a bummer. There, there's a number of tactics and units that were viable in first edition that you can no longer use in second edition. And I feel for those players losing the ability to you know, run something or take an army that they were able to play before and they have to make changes to it. So. It, avoiding a rewrite, um, we just stuck with what was presented. Um, I think a nuance there is the kind of units that were allowed to deep strike in first edition were specifically called out for. And sometimes you even had to pay points for them. It's like the, the, the mechanic of Thalax unit could pay a number of points to be able to be deep struck into Zomortalis. Since those options are also gone from the army lists, it's kind of difficult to say which unit can, which unit can't. So it's it's a decision that the design team went with and we rolled with it too. We did make one change though for, for games without ceilings where you are allowed to use deep strike. In those situations, um, we made one change and that's basically defaulting to the clover leaf deployment mm -hmm. from deep strike of first edition. So one of the other big differences, first and second, in second edition, you can you can deploy within unit coherency, basically. So a unit of 15 units could really snake through like multiple parts of your, your complex. And again, that's sort of against the spirit of how you're playing inside of a Zomortalis situation. 
where it should be a little bit more risky also to teleport down. You need the space. If you go on a wall, you go back in reserves kind of situation. So we're defaulting to the first edition type rules where you put down your first model and you have to make concentric circles around it. They can't fit, they can't deploy. There is no rule for mishaps anymore. So they just go back and reserve. It's less risky than before, but you know, you're going to have to walk them on the table after that. So it's just, you know, a little, there it is a risk dictate. still. Yeah. It can dictate if you decide to take that bulky unit, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're taking a 10 man squad of terminators as an example, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I doubt you're going to fit him in that corridor. You need that big open, you know, flight bay mm -hmm. or something to drop them in. Right. Mm -hmm. So it, that that's another aspect of it where it will dictate where those type of units are going to come down and restrict, of course, you know, areas. But if you got that little five-man Marine team, that can deep strike. Different story, right? Mm -hmm. Which is pretty cool. It's pretty neat. Maybe seeing a Terminator getting half stuck in a wall would be neat too, but, you know. <laughs> Terrifying. Sci-fi. So yeah. well, at least shit model, happens. At least model it like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's a, another thing too. The modeling, we'll get into that probably a little later. But uh, I'm sure you got some pretty fancy tables set up for for zone mortality or can have. Yeah, I'm I'm lucky enough to have a out of print zone mortalis table from Forge World. I got it like just a few months before they stopped selling them, and I'm so so happy that I do. Um, one of the things that we will have at the event are a couple of those out of print some mortalis tables that are from various members Wait. of the community. We're convoying down there with pickup trucks to you know set 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 them all up, have all the terrain available for folks. And for those uh, that aren't able to play on one of those um, cool you know very thematic pieces of terrain, we were using those Necromunda tiles that were like bad zone Delta Seven or something. Paper cutouts with walls work great. And especially if you know for you know fast drunken games of Zone Mortalis at an event, those tiles are really clutch. I remember uh, last time I think you guys had um, it was like foam with the paper printouts of the <laughs> walls, right? It looked it looked awesome and it, it definitely worked well. Um, I've seen pictures of your actual board online and it looks pretty phenomenal. So, oh, thank you. We, we've upgraded quite a bit over the years. Uh, you know, the, the Zomortal is friendly has a pretty funny history, honestly, at, at, uh, at LVO. I think we started initially attending at like 2017, 2018. People were going to the you know, 30K events or 40K events. And then in the spare time, they just wanted to do something. Like they wanted to play a game in between sessions or like, you know, just something nonchalantly with their friends. Everyone likes Zomortalis. So like, I think that first year I wasn't there. People just took shot glasses from, I, I don't remember where they found them, but they just lined up a bunch of shot glasses, like walls, made a little labyrinth out of that on, <laughs> these, they had these like round, like drinking tables. And that was where people played Zone Mortalis. And people had so much fun that we decided to, let's let's do this officially, like next year. And every year we've just been doing more and more and getting it a little bit more organized. Um, we don't offer, we don't do prizes uh, or like, it's not, it's not a, no, it's not a tournament. But we do have um, little pins that we give to, to, to people. So if you win a game, you get this little, we call it the Chad pin. And it's like the, you know, the, the Chad meme face, but turned into a space marine when he's got his like horsehair Roman style helmet as well. Or like, this, I don't know, plume. Um, so if you win a game, you get a little pin. 
the more pins you get, of course, you know, you can and it basically just means people are walking around with their pins, like, you know, Soviet generals shaking them at each other. Um, <laughs> but we also have coolest guy pins and every person who attends and registers on the first day, they're going to get two of these. And it's a picture of Erebus with, you know, deal with the shades. And uh, so these, these things, things are small. They're like, you know, the, the big, as big as your thumb. Um, and if you have an event, if you play with a player that you really liked, you had a really fun game, really engaging moment, or you know, played with like a really thematic army, you can give that pin, one of your two pins, to somebody else. So it's another way to kind of reward players for you know sportsmanship, for having you know display boards, that you know rewarding that element of the of the hobby in addition to just going in there and you know winning all your games. Well, that's that's pretty sweet. I I do have one of those Centurion Chad pins, so I might have to uh, might have to bust that out. I might have to give you my coolest dude pins for for letting me come onto your show. <laughs> oh, you're more than welcome anytime. All, honestly, always well, definitely. Yeah, always. Oh, it's it's just nice just connecting with people in the community who have you know like minded thoughts about the game and just want to create something really fun for. Not just on their own local, but for the greater community, uh, it's it's when you see the efforts really get put, you know, put in uh, and shared with everybody that makes it um, one memorable and obviously a lot of fun for everyone to enjoy. So mm-hmm. it's a big thing. Yeah, community has always been a big part of it. Our league is scattered around the world, and most of us only see each other really once a year, and that's at Las Vegas. So we try to make it as casual and approachable and friendly as possible. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff going there. Some people will be part of a tournament for like 40K. And then once they're out, they just come and, you know, they, they, they book their seat for the Somertalis friendly. And once they're out of the tournament, they come and play with us and drink beer. That's what it's all about. A lot of just a nice change of pace, right? Mellow casual gaming and good times yeah i mean some of my heart some of the harshest dump strings i've ever received are also from my friends so you know there there certainly will be some uh some some interesting uh, there'll be competitive lists there too if that's to your perusing and you don't want to try them out in the mortalis format uh, i think one year prior uh we had a gentleman come in with like a really a really good custodes list back in first edition and we just called him the king of sweden because he just showed up out of the blue on like the second or third day and just wrecked everybody and then just disappeared (laughs) (laughs) Uh, god took all our pins and left (laughs) that's fun (laughs) wow just stories to tell later i mean we we had a similar uh kind of thing happen but he, he didn't quite win anything is that uh, I think it was the World Eaters? Uh, we had the Mega Battle. Oh, the world- yeah. Bill, you you remember that one, right? The World Eaters came with a Thunderhawk and had tons of Marines in it, and I think he got blown off the board. Like, turn. Well, well he showed up. He showed up late and decided to roll in with a couple Thunderhawks. Yeah, I remember this. He he comes on, does a bunch of damage, doesn't actually kill what he intended to kill, which I think was a Warlord Titan on its last legs. This is for Mega Battle. And then in the opponent's big team, their opposing turn, he just got completely rocked off the board where lots of explosions, a lot of them actually hurt his teammates from crash and burn and everything. And then he was like, packed up his stuff. He's like, all right, I'm out of here. And I was like, you were only here for 
40 minutes. I was like, shit, you know? Um, but that's that's how Mega Battles go. Uh, a, a gentleman showed up with a Warlord and got blown off the table first turn. He's like, hey, cool, I'm going to go get drunk. That was the only model he had, and I was like, wow. That's uh, that's hardcore. Yeah, I, a benefit of Zone Mortalis, I will say, is if you have a cool, you know, several thousand dollar Forge World uh, piece of resin, like a Stormbird or a Thunderhawk or a Titan, some big tank, it makes a great centerpiece for, you know, being like some in some hangar or, you know, whatever your imagination crafts with the environment that you're in. We were hoping to have a narrative uh, table this year for LVO. And that was basically, it would be either my six by four zone mortalis table with like special rules for the table. And if you want to play, come to the table, play with the special table rules against somebody keeping it pretty, you know, again, pretty, pretty accessible, pr- pretty straightforward, but we decided not to do it because of the new edition. Um, once, once the new edition was announced and the complexities there and not even knowing what the Zomortalis rules are going to be like, we're like, okay, let's just next year. We, 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 we can do that this year. Let's just keep it to, we're going to have to put out a supplement. So let's just keep it simple. Get some games in, see how it all works together. Smooth out any kinks down the road kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Good transition for I think the last change to really noteworthy change to cover for you know how Zone Mortalis plays in the supplement versus in the White Dwarf. That mission that we talked about, you know, instead of house ruling it to work differently, and I've seen a number of different house rules and attempts at rebalancing it that are really great. We decided just to go with the basic rulebook missions. So just take what was there, what's already been created by the design team that's you know, we assume has been play tested. And now a lot of people have played it and found them probably pretty balanced and just scale them down and allow people to play those in Zone Mortalis. And they work totally fine. That's frankly what we did in the previous edition as well. So all those rules are in there. And um, only one tweak had to be made, and that was with night fighting. Typically, night fighting is not part of the Zone Mortalis, at least it was not part of the Zone Mortalis mission that was presented. You know, we decided... Let's include it. You know, if you want to sabotage the lights to the structure or whatever, you know, set a hit team to go and blow up those generators before the game, you can do it similar to how you would do in a normal game in 2.0. Um, we, the only change is it's a four up, not a two up. So you got a 50 50 shot, which is cool. I like that. It has a little bit of a, that narrative feel to it for sure. Maybe you're fighting a cave or something, right? And powers out, whatever, mm-hmm. right? You know, the, the the ship has taken taken a broadside of macro cannons and knocked out the engines or, you know, power circulators or whatever you want to call it, right? Like, <laughs> there's so much that you can, you know, do with it and, and say and give that little bit of a story background to the situation, which is, is awesome. That's kind of what's getting me excited a little bit about this is just the gears are starting to, you know, starting to spin on what you can do down the road and see what other people do too. So pretty awesome. I gotta say, you know, I got hyped after reading it all. I was like, <laughs> literally told Bill, we gotta do this. Let's do this. You know? So pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. It is a fun One, style to play. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there really is a lot. I would love to be able to do with it. Um, I work in the games business, so you know, sit me down and t- 
tell me create a crazy narrative scenario and balance it out and that's just you know that, i love that kind of kind of kind of thing to do but for this lvo new edition everything just kind of shaking itself out we're going to keep it fun and approachable and then from there we'll, we'll we'll get crazy and do all those interesting things i've seen so many cool just in first edition even people are doing some some crazy crazy things with zone mortalis like pieces of state space stations like ripping themselves apart you know like losing tiles sabotaging players on other tables or having yeah, like a cool. big battle that everyone's playing like a mega battle and then a piece of the zone mortalis lands on it and just wipes out a titan this is so much cool stuff you can do when you combine the the systems but yeah for next year no doubt, no doubt. Uh, are you, so after, I guess, plans for after LVO, you're going to um, kind of continue and hone the uh, supplement a bit more, or are you going to start something like totally, totally fresh? Good question. I will maintain it, like, we, we will maintain the supplement for as long as it needs to exist, basically. As the, since not everyone has the White Dwarf, there are no Zomortalis rules for 2.0 besides this, like officially for free, accessible to everybody, uh, as balanced as we can make it without removing the spirit of the game. We'll maintain them. And hopefully we get a proper you know, release from uh, Forge World or from Games Workshop uh, that has even more expanded rules. And, and then it might not need to exist, but while it while it's needed, it'll be there. And maybe down the road, I think in time, we'll also pick up tactical strike again um which our league spent quite a long time like de developing really and, and honing um in first edition but it's a new edition so we're definitely not gonna we're not undertaking such a big project right now <laughs> yeah well especially when everything's still somewhat in flux like with all the new releases that keep coming out uh there's still obviously factions and books yet to be released but it just um it seems like the whole game's so fresh and so new that it, it, it'll take time to see how everything shakes out and uh w where it's actually gonna go because I, I know locally we're talking about not so much the meta right but just the way lists are always changing and developing yeah they're just all over the place and one guy you know i'm that guy I bring a bunch of Proteus land speeders with grab guns to deal with dreads. Oh, okay, dreads go down. Oh, more veterans. Oh, more recon. It's just, it's constant flux, and it's really cool to watch how the game's developing as we go. So I have high hopes for 2023 in terms of 2.0 releases. I, th I think it's going to be definitely a big year for Heresy, so... I'll take this extra breathing room to take my trader scars to three thousand points. That's my that's my goal for next year. Get them to you know big games. There you go. Yeah, I think this year. Well, the rest of this year, and then of course next year, continue to work on the thousand suns. So uh, that'll be that's kind of the passion project right now as well. A lot of uh, converting for getting that egyptian look so mm. you know it, it's it's nice to see like the community and, and the close group of players and friends that are playing heresy everybody started something new right and even with our slow grow that we've been doing which has been very successful a lot of new players coming in so 
you know, even just having this podcast talking about Zone Mortalis is going to intrigue more people in the community and also can bring in other players into the community because it's, it's a smaller version, right? So it'd be great to, to even do that to intro people into the game and say, hey, this is kind of heresy, you know? Um, this is part of heresy. Mm-hmm. And of course, like Bill said, with all the uh, the kits coming out, and obviously, I mean, we all know that there's going to be more coming out in plastic, which is perfect. It's just easier and uh, accessible to, to a lot of players and, and even seen a lot of 40K players, you know, uh, bridging over onto the, the 30k scene as we've even seen here locally there's a lot of players who just kind of jump shipped or they play both systems which is pretty cool more players for heresy you know the better um, different type of players of course which is, is great because you have just an influx of every type of player coming in right so it, it's great to see it's great to have these options like Zone Mortalis which is, is very very exciting and good to see so yeah, well, if if any of your listeners are interested in attending the Las Vegas um, Zomortalis friendly, we still have some slots. We have up to thirty people can register, and I think we have a couple left. So, nice. I mean, I don't know, you know, future person listening to this, they may not be available, but at least as of today, uh, December the nineteenth, they are still a couple slots left. Awesome. And we'll make sure to put the links in the description as well so you can click right on it and uh, grab your tickets if they're still available. Yep. get to uh, roll some dice with uh, Anton and company and hopefully you earn yourself a Chad pin. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's going to be good to see you there too, Bill. Oh, absolutely. It's been, it's been a bit. Yeah, no doubt. A few years now, that's for sure. Yeah, we had to, you know, put the brakes on stuff with, you know, the COVID times. Um, that's probably the most difficult thing about being a, an, an organizer for an event when you have a bunch of your friends that are a- attending and everyone commits to something a year on out. But, you know, life gets in the way. And then during COVID, especially, you know, people don't want to make the risk, etc. So we had so many people drop out last minute over the last couple of years that we didn't, you know, 2021 was not a good year for for Las Vegas Open. <laughs> no, no, even 2022 wasn't a good year for me. I uh, COVID did me dirty a few days before we ended up uh, flying. You know, you had to go for your PCR and whatnot, and uh, I was sick, but I had no symptoms. And they're like, "No, man, you're full positive. You can't go." And I was like, "What?" And then two days later, it finally hit me hard, and that was the day we, you know, we were ready to fly out. It was sad times having to miss it so so bill i got a question for you if you were going to run a zone mortalis force what would you run 1200 points or so 1250 that's over one mandatory troops choice i would i'm gonna ask you the same thing so you you think about it too yeah you get get some more breathing room time to think (laughs) Mm -hmm. about it uh right now i'm really digging my imperial fists so i probably run those um i'd go with you know probably just a 15 man squad of tactical marines uh it's i i do find them quite nice and i'd be backing them up with uh probably cataphract terminators and maybe a heavy support squad with uh, the heliastis assault cannons 
they're 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 a lot of fun. They can throw out <laughs> a lot of dice. Um, you know, maybe not a full ten man squad. That might get a little bit crazy uh, in the in uh, the confines of zone. But I, I'd really like to take those recon marines as well. I think they're a lot of fun. Um, shit, I don't know. Zone might actually have a really really nice place for veterans. That weapon skill five and two wounds would probably be an asset. Yeah, uh, Pride of the Legion really has a spot in in Zone Mortalis. Like before, it was Zone Mortalis Assault Force in, in first edition, but you can pretty much do the same or, or, or similar with uh with that. I also see that you're a cultured a man of culture with uh, the Iliasis Assault Squad. Yeah, those are definitely definitely uh, a favorite. <laughs> They're spicy in the format. They are spicy. When you, when you can wheel that squad around a corner and just open up all hell, you know, at the enemy, it's uh, it's pretty sweet. Recons with shotguns too. Uh, when I I, I played uh, militia was one of my armies that I played. My, my first LVO, I, I took a militia army. Uh, and my favorite unit were like just a scout squad with shotguns and then that demo pack. I'm, I'm sad that it, you know, it doesn't exist right now. Maybe it will come back, but it worked maybe one third of the time, but that one third of the time that it would do like, like my opponents were just so tense. When are they going to come on the table? And where is that large blast AP two strength, you know, eight demolisher shot going to hit. <laughs> awesome. Monty, how about yeah. you? If you were, if you were gonna make a uh, if you're gonna make a Zone Mortalis force, if I was if I was sticking to Thousand Suns, <laughs> yeah, um, I I probably stick with tactical Marines with bayonets, mm-hmm. um, and and then of course using my little psychic powers would you know get in game kind of thing from either to boost up just um, Hammer of Wrath hits if I'm charging in. Right, just more hits and stuff like that. But uh, I'd probably also maybe take like a small tactical like support squad with you know a weapon of sorts, maybe the plasmas, maybe meltas, um, maybe even change the plasmas over to my uh, specific ones that I get. Um, and then like elites, really, Sekmic terminators. They got a psychic power. You know they can cast to prevent you from reacting stuff like that plus their weapon skill five and they're they're terminators they're beefy they got mm-hmm. you know they got stats but um they can't a uh occult uh occult um squad as well they're just massed attacks in close combat with a higher weapon skill again psychic powers and of course the other side of the psychic powers is I'll probably end up blowing some heads up as I'm doing it, like I always do. So <laughs> I think it would be fun. It'd be more of an elite, maybe a bit smaller, uh, just because everything's a little bit pricier for me. But uh, I think it'd be pretty, pretty neat to see it kind of running through the running through the uh, the corridors and stuff. And that's actually that's kind of one thing too is like uh, even the psychic powers that allow you to ignore terrain ignore difficult dangerous terrain kind of thing could essentially work for you in that too 
you know, besides doors, I don't think they're going to face shifting through doors anyways, but someone might argue that, you know, <laughs> in that case. Yeah, they added a, a pretty good line where pretty much any effect that has like an aura has to have line of sight, which which makes sense, right? If you're gonna, if you're fearing somebody, you need to, you know, they need to be able to see you. Although I don't know, I I could see it going both ways. I suppose you see their, you know, the blips on the the motion tracker through the walls, and you get scared of them. <laughs> oh, for sure. But yeah, it's it, it's neat. It's neat to see that you can. You start thinking about some units that maybe you didn't use, you know, and throw them in there and see how effective they can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those blade boys, uh, the thousand sun, thousand sun like special blade guys. I think that'd be a great, great for that format. A lot of the legions have particular units that you know may be strong in the regular format, but may not others that may not get used a lot. Zone can be a place for them, like those blade guys. Uh, I think they're probably a little underrated as a unit overall, but in zone because they're not going to get shot off the table before they get in, an opportunity to you know be in melee. It's just maybe a fun place to use them. Kind of makes me almost double think about uh, Templar Sword Brethren. <clears throat> we kind of need to have them running through the halls. Yeah, and you can take them as troops, can't you? There, there are ways you can do that with certain rights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, lots of stuff to consider for sure. Yeah, I would. Um, for me, when I build my lists, that's probably where I start. So, for for those of you thinking about Zone Mortalis or Zone Mortalis on your mind, what are you going to do with your troops? You have one choice, really. And how are you? You know, how's that going to play into your plan? Are they going to be a tactical squad? That's just going to be sitting and holding an objective. Maybe that's not a good use of those points. Maybe you want something a little bit more aggressive. Maybe something that can can survive being on the front, like a breacher squad. Or maybe you want to mm-hmm. specialize a little bit more. Maybe you take one of your legion special rights that gives you an elite unit as a troops choice. But now you have that problem of I have I need to go for the kills. But that also means that my scoring units. My prop one or two, maybe if you're lucky, three scoring units are going to be fighting, and there's a chance I'm going to I'm going to lose them. I feel that really dictates a lot of like how 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 you build your armies in Zone Mortalis. What you're going to do with that troops choice? How's that going to fit into your overall plan? And what kind of rights of war are you going to choose to to support it? Yeah, lots to consider, especially uh, if you're you know going to be dealing with limited amount of scoring units in line uh, for those missions that do require uh, line units for the objectives and whatnot. It could be uh, could be an interesting weighing of options how you want to run it. Sure. I guess the only way to find out is really to play it. And, That's uh, just it. See, see how they do against each other, really. Yeah. Might have to uh, arrange some games over the weekend, over the holiday holiday break weekend. <laughs> yeah. Breachers would be cool though for some. Oh yeah, yeah. it's like Porting such a everything. Yeah, such a thematic unit for it. Yeah. Always have been. Just not phalanx orders. <laughs> mm. <laughs> not my favorite squad. So. 
And it'd be interesting to see too with like the the other factions like custodes like the mechanicum like the militia or the solar ox and even whenever demons come out kind of thing um how that can shake shake up the game a little bit too and and see how they interact with zone um, yeah so i am sure demons will probably change some stuff up with any of their fancy rulings and stuff probably just teleport right in doesn't matter what you know just from the from the warp kind of thing my but, second uh las vegas um army my second lvo's zone mortalis army was dark mechanicum and i think they this edition you have less choices but there's still some really even though you're kind of railroaded into only a few choices they're especially for zone mortalis are pretty strong ones if someone wants to go and make themselves a Myrmidon focused Zomortalis list. <laughs> yeah, I fought some Myrmidons the other day. <laughs> They're tough. They're yeah. tough. Those AP3 torrent uh, fleshbane radiation yep. engines <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a claustrophobic environment is pretty, pretty gnarly. No doubt. Yeah, I felt the wrath of those, I'll tell you that. <laughs> first time playing against them i was like oh okay stay away that was good very nice well i guess yeah that's that's not a bad spot i guess to kind of end and let people kind of digest and hopefully if you're listening you're clicking on the link for that supplement and uh you've been following along or you're gonna check it out after the the, uh, listen and play with your friends and see see what you think about it i'm sure uh i'm sure you'll have some interesting games with that supplement pack itself yeah i mean if you have feedback or you find a balance problem um you can contact me and i'll make any change needed like people have already put in you know typos or you know slight slight tweaks that, that need to be made um and if you're curious to check out what my heavy stoner rock uh, white scars might look like um, you can check them out on my um, I got I just keep just post my works in progress on Instagram I think Bill will have it in his, his show notes absolutely absolutely well thank you very much Anton for jumping on with us and giving us the rundown of the uh, supplement and the zone metals friendly for LVO much appreciated Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I uh, wish you the best in the upcoming new year, and I guess I'll see you then, Bill. Sounds good. In the flesh. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Awesome. And uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, tuning in and listening. And, yeah, definitely let us know in the comments. Uh, Let us know some feedback. We can pass it to uh, Anton or reach out on his uh, socials that we'll have in the description and uh, let him know what you think. Catch you guys later. Yep.